Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode. And is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Wrestling fans, and welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 39, coming to you here on Monday, July 10th, 2017. I am Joe Murata, alongside the bad guy, Michael Quinn. How you doing, Quinn? Howdy doody. How's it going, man? Good. Can you believe we're only one episode away from ending season four? I can't believe it it's pretty crazy what's gonna happen there's gonna be some crazy stuff going on next week for our season finale i say this every finale but what's gonna be the cliffhanger i don't know we're gonna have to find out here it's gonna be interesting have we ever had a cliffhanger in any of these you mean like a sitcom style cliffhanger to be continued will ross and rachel get back together type of thing yeah like will dan be alive (laughs) that kind of thing yeah i don't know if we've ever done that and i don't i don't know did he almost die at the end of one season yeah the the second to last season but he actually did die which was in real revealed life. at the end sorry in real fake life in real fake life yeah, yeah in roseanne's okay. book yeah the book <laughs> yes the book so anyway we are here to talk to you about the world of retro wrestling thank you of course for joining us a couple of quick things you can reach us on twitter at ovp podcast you can tweet at us and we like to do that we like to tweet back at you send you stuff you send us stuff talk to us follow us Mm-hmm. All sorts of good stuff. And, of course, you can do the old-fashioned thing there and email us at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is ovppodcast at gmail.com. And, Quinn, we have a Facebook group that's really been heating up lately. Actually, hold on. I'm, I have it open. Okay. Okay. It's called Our Vantage Point retro wrestling podcast facebook group and you can go on there and what happens there well first of all at the top you'll see a picture of bobby the brain with uh, mary hart and andre the giant's chest (laughs) yes you will because that's awesome yeah it is and then more importantly you can join the group and then you can discuss things with us yeah we'd love to hear from you if you have any recommendations on things you want us to talk about we're always looking for ideas yeah we got ideas galore right now but put it in the hopper put it in the hopper teal hopper yeah teal hopper. a lot of galore going on. yeah a lot of galore galoob <laughs> and of course you can go to our website ovppodcast.com but quinn there's some places to find this podcast besides our usual soundcloud feed yeah you can go over to the apple podcast or itunes whatever you call it or they call it mm-hmm. and you can go over there subscribe leave a review yep we love the reviews we do leave, love the reviews you could leave the review you can also go, go over to Google Play Music and mm-hmm. get it. Yep. Stitcher. Who cares? Oh, okay. That's Stitcher. I think two, three weeks in a row. It I don't usually know. Gets yeah, it. something like that. Tune in. Tune in. Yes. We love tune in. Tune in and auto. <laughs> auto yeah. radio. Yes. And um, those are some places, Quinn. But yeah. obviously, there's another place. Yes. The place to be nation.com. It's a place. It's a place to and we be. and we be there. We're being there right now. We're being there. So what you can do is you can go there, listen to this podcast over there. Yeah. <laughs> and then check out some other great ones. They have the flagship, uh, the gold standard, if you will. The mother sip. The mother sip, the place to be podcast, and 
A really good one on the Pro Wrestling Only feed. Yes. G.F. Allentown. I like that one. Peter Winston does a one-man show. Yeah. Reviews random shit. Yeah, just random shows. Kind of like we do random shows, but he picks even more randomer shows than us, I, I think. I feel like he does, and he does a great job. Little one-man little one man uh, scenario there. Yes. One last thing. I don't want to fail to mention. We have merch. Yeah, we have the merch. We have a shirt. Yeah, OVT. Shirt. Yeah, OVT shirt. <laughs> it's coming soon, the OVP coat. <laughs> yeah, well, that will be necessary as we get closer to the fall months. Yes. Especially uh, in this basement. Yes, it's very chilly down here. And if you want to get that shirt, by the way, you can find that on teespring.com. That is T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast. So with that said... We are here for the second to last episode of this season. And with that in mind, I want to deep dive mm. into something we haven't gotten too into yet. We've mentioned him in passing. We've talked a little bit about him, but let's just get it out there. So let's get our scuba gear on, Quinn. <laughs> and we'll talk about Jim Cornette. Motherfucker. Oh, that guy? <laughs> motherfucker yeah exactly <laughs> motherfucker mr motherfucker so jim Cornette is somewhat of a polarizing figure although i'd say most people like him from um, what i've found the internet seems to like him i don't know if you or i like him i wouldn't go so far as to say that i don't like him mm -hmm. i kind of get fatigued by him in this day and age i'll give him this he entertains me I like to listen to his rants at times. Sometimes, at times. I'll, sometimes I'll just scroll the YouTubes and, you know, that'll come up and I'll listen mm -hmm. to him be mad about some dumb shit. <laughs> and I'm going to pull you across this goddamn table, beat the fuck out of you. And go on with my life because he's out of date and a dinosaur. He, yeah, he's a T-Rex in yeah. a lot of ways. And, you know, Jim Cornette, whatever personal qualities he has, I'll give him this. Since coming up in the very early 80s, mm -hmm. and he had a very cool gimmick as this rich, spoiled kid manager. It's yeah. essentially what it was. A Did mama's his, boy. His mom got him in the wrestling or something. Something I, like I that. He would allude that was to the gimmick, it. Yeah. Yeah. When I decided I wanted to take this step, I went to my mother, and I said, Mama, anything that I've wanted before, you've got for me. And this is what I want to make my career. And she said if it would make me happy, she would write the check and she would buy the contract. And he used to have the tennis racket, and this guy, as an obnoxious, just bratty manager, drew a ton of heat oh, and yeah. a ton of money in the 80s. Well, let me tell you this. Jim Crockett Promotions, the NWA, everybody in a conspiracy. Everybody trying to get me killed, trying to get me assassinated. Well, let me tell you something, Ronnie Garvin. It's not over yet. Even if the lawyers can't do it, we still got a little time. Every time we try to get him in the ring, his goofy brother tries to stop us. His goofy brother runs in and saves the day. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to say this right now to the people of America. I am a good person. Obviously the feud that he rode the coattails of <laughs> throughout yeah. the 80s into the 90s. Oh, he rode them all right, and he's still riding them. <laughs> was the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. But you got to give Cornette credit, I would think, Quinn. Mm -hmm. The guy was, and still is, a hell of a talker and entertainer. No, he was fantastic, and, and that's not really where the anger stems from with him. Correct. He did his job. Fantastic uh, manager. Yeah, fantastic manager, Drew Heat. 
I can't really say enough about how good he was in the 1980s. Okay, so putting on the table that we both agree, as many people will, that Cornette's one of the greatest managers ever. He didn't make our Rushmore. That doesn't mean we're right or wrong. Well, he's kind of the poor man's Bobby the Brain Heenan a, in a little sense, bit. In a sense. Because Bobby the Brain was the same, like, I'm a rich guy. like Yeah, and a hell of a talker, obviously. Right, exactly. And Cornette was also a very good commentator when he did it i was yeah, always he, a fan of him on commentary he's okay he knew yeah. how to sell the product brian christopher rolls him up Hands oh on. no oh oh my god we're eating at diddy's because they're the moons over my hammy i'll give him this too before we move on to the things we don't like he did and probably still in a lot of ways know the business a real lot no he did and he still does and he but loved he, wrestling he has an old school opinion um he also can be credited with this as far as a good thing mm-hmm. he saved a lot of the jim crockett library of tapes he did which as you know tape preservationists as we are <laughs> at, over at this podcast yeah right. i can appreciate that because he said they were going to be thrown in the dumpster so we might have lost a lot of footage. Yeah, and yeah. that might have been up to, you know, the YouTubers of the world to save not and not have a, like, what we have on the network right now. A Correct. lot of those episodes were the episodes saved. Right. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. And another thing Cornette did, for better or for worse, is he um, invented the star rating system. Right. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. fine, you know, but it is influential. We discussed that. We did. And it is influential, and it is a marker to, to rate wrestling matches, so you gotta give him that. He obviously had a mind for the business, worked his ass off throughout the 1980s, 1990s as well. Yeah. One of the things is... With Jim Cornette, and I'm sure this is where we can get into some of the other things that we don't particularly like about him. Now, Marty Howell, if you're out there listening, you might want to turn it off because yeah. <laughs> you might not like this. Okay. And any of you other Southern wrestling fans. Yeah, you. I don't know. I think they should listen, hear I'll out just, why there is, yes. like, maybe why Northern fans don't like him as much. Yeah, it is not our fault that we were born in the Northeast. No. Just like it's not your fault if you were born in Kentucky or Tennessee or wherever you're from. <laughs> you like You'll what you like. You'll have to put that clip in there. <laughs> yeah. Down near in Kentucky or Tennessee, wherever you come from. And you were raised with what you were raised with, and you have the preference to what you have a preference to. And we right. understand that. We have our preference, too. I'm not saying we're any gem. No. Nope. I mean, we love hardcore ECW. Sure kill yourself wrestling and so we're, and we're also surprisingly okay with a lot of wwf that other people don't like yeah you know? exactly so to each his own no one is right or wrong like what you like fine however yeah. <laughs> jim Cornette in 1991 decided to start smoky mountain wrestling mm-hmm. that's wrestling the way you liked it motherfucker <laughs> yeah exactly and that promotion ran until the end of 1995 one of the things that Cornette tried to distinguish with Smoky Mountain is in the midst of WWF's cartoon, you know, style and the fading, you know, influence of the NWA right at the time, which was now becoming WCW during the Pizza Hut era. Yeah, the Pizza Herd era. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to compete with Vince. Yep. Jim Cornette's like, you know what, motherfucker? Let's make a promotion that is just old school wrestling, wrestling, however yeah. you say it. What do we think of this, Quinn? I thought it was boring. Um, <laughs> we didn't need that at that time. You don't think? It was the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't even think that area was looking for that kind of wrestling. I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, well, I, I know because it didn't last very long. <laughs> well, <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't very successful. It didn't make money because I think the way Cornette ran it, he didn't run it to make the profit or he couldn't. But I'll tell you what, it people loved it down there well it's got its fans and they're loyal to it but it's not very many that's the thing is it didn't have the mass appeal just like paul Heyman's style 
didn't have the mass appeal. Yeah, and the difference being that Paul Heyman's style was able to develop a cult-like following that eventually propelled it past just a, past a growing that. promotion. Correct. And Smoky Mountain had a lot of fans, Quinn, and still does. Mm-hmm. So it, I think— I respect that. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, I, I don't, think— the, I don't not respect it. I just don't—well, I just don't really like the product. I've seen a bit of it, and I was bored to tears and turned it off. I mean, if their aim was to transport you back to the late 70s, early 80s, they did. Yeah, that's the thing about it. It's like he says it was to get back to that old school wrestling. Yeah. But when I think of the old school wrestling styles, I think of that Jim Crockett promotions mid 80s, not 1978. <laughs> I, I, I mean, seriously, yeah. you no. pick that up and you're like, what's going on here? Right now, you know? from what I understand, Smoky Mountain was well booked. Yeah. Good storylines, old school flavor, mm-hmm. some good talent. But for me, so I want you to get our perspective, folks, a Northeastern fan that was raised and reared on WWF and mid 90s WCW. Yeah. So turn on a Smoky Mountain show from like, let's say, 94. Yeah. And you get Bob Caudle on there, which was the <sighs> old NWA. And yeah. I like him and everything. But in 94. No, it's it's way past that. Welcome to another action-packed, exciting hour of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. And you're looking at, like, Tracy Smothers and crap like that. Yeah. It's jarring, to say the least. Yeah. You're looking at guys that they don't look like superstars. Right. They don't look the part of professional wrestler at that point in time. The the style they're wrestling. Mm Mm-hmm. Is not professional wrestling. It's professional wrestling. <laughs> right. And it's slow. It and is it's boring. Maybe it's not boring. Maybe would, that's, yeah. that's a little harsh. But it's it's slow. It's at a slower clip. It's almost wrestling as if Vince McMahon Jr. never existed. Yes, and that might have been part of the the mm-hmm. whole mentality there. It's almost wrestling as if the Macho Man versus Ricky Steamboat never happened. <laughs> well, okay, that's that's a good way to look at it. I will say this i want to hear from you fans you can do that on facebook on twitter wherever if you have any experience as a fan at the time especially yeah of smoky mountain i do want to hear its appeal yeah i want to hear what you thought of it now jim Cornette. after this whole i won't call it debacle just not successful thing how about that yeah he worked full-time for the wwf after that yes he went to the wwf full-time right so he comes over there with his ideas and, you know, he tried to to implement them. I mean, we got the Tracy Smothers. <laughs> he and, was there. And the T.L. Hopper yeah. and, and the Pug and, and the all Blue the, Brothers the and Blue, all that. Yeah, we got all that. Right. And we reviewed that <laughs> back to that Superstars in 94. We reviewed that. And that was probably the prime of a lot of those guys screwing around over there. Yeah. Um, you know the thing. The thing is with with Cornette's mentality is there were so many hands on deck in that ninety five ninety six period before Russo took over. Yeah, I don't know for sure what was him, except for like you mentioned the Tracy Smother shit. Yeah, but whatever it was, it wasn't working. No, and it wasn't. And I think that's what Jim Cornette fans don't want to accept is that he was driven out of the business because he wouldn't change. Mm. He wouldn't change with the times. He wanted to still book like it was 1981 when they're getting pounded by WCW who's doing new things like the New World Order and stuff like that. True. Yeah, like it, it wasn't the time for this anymore. And I don't think there ever will be a time for that anymore. The, the fan is now accustomed 
too fast-paced, um, you know, month-by-month storylines. They want it, and not to say that those are perfect either. No, they're not. But the, the modern wrestling fan doesn't want to hear this crap anymore. I guess not. I mean, the thing the thing that I have always thought about Jim Cornette, <laughs> maybe he did have some great ideas in the 80s that worked for the 80s. Yeah. But you said it, Quinn. He didn't want to change with the times. And if you think of people that didn't want to change with the times, I can think of another comparison there. Vern Gagne. I was just going to say, I thought I was hoping you'd say, yeah. And there's a reason Vern went out of business. And it's that reason. It's pretty much that reason. Yeah. It's kind of a pigheadedness, a stubbornness. I mean, you got to know what your fan base wants. Say what you will about JR. He knew what the fan base wanted. JR, yeah. And to an extent, Vince McMahon sometimes did. Yeah, but Not he, would re- he would rely on people. But the problem is, is now Cornette's in his ear, and he's a guy that doesn't want to change. Yeah, I guess and Vince so. Vince needs to change. He really needs to change. Right. And you know who's sitting around? <laughs> Jim Cornette's biggest nemesis, mm-hmm. his arch enemy, yep. Vince Russo. He can't spell. He can't write. He can't speak English. You don't get in the Brooklyn or the Bronx or whatever the fuck. But I'm, I'm, and that's a good way to start wrapping up here. We'll talk about th- that th- This feud. is the feud that consumed the rest of Jim Cornette's like, days to this day. To this day. Yeah. Now, we've made our opinions on Vince Russo clear. We don't think he's the greatest thing ever. He is not. He has probably done more bad than good, but it's about a toss-up, I'd However, say. However, he did... What needed to be done at the time, right? Say what you will. He he looked to Paul Heyman. Yeah. He looked around television. Yep. And he said, "This is what's happening right now." Yes. Not being a chin lock for thirty minutes. <laughs> right. Like, right. No, you're right. Yeah. And what Russo did then also wouldn't necessarily work now. Yeah. Twenty years later. No, it wouldn't. The, Same the, thing. The whole thing is changing with the times. Now, do I think Russo, if you inserted him in under Vince McMahon's supervision this day? Yes, I do think he does uh, he, something. He seems to be aware to not, an extent, not, a little bit at the very least, a little bit. To Unlike Cornette, who rails on Lucha Underground for some reason and right. says it's not wrestling. Hey, if it entertains people, people like it. Yeah, people pay to see it. Then it's doing what it's supposed to do. That's what the whole point of wrestling is, is to entertain and to pull in the crowds and to give them what they want and to be relevant. Yeah. And to be something that keeps your attention. Right. And that's not to say I'm an anti-traditionalist. I do appreciate a lot of Cornette's viewpoints. I I appreciate traditional wrestling. I do. As much as the next guy, but I don't think it has as much of a place. I think current wrestling should be the domain of change and new styles developing and things like that. Right. And I'm not a fan of what the WWE is doing right now, Mm -hmm. but at least it's, you know, you look two or three years in the past and it was a little different than it is today. To an extent it was, yes. It keeps moving, right? It does keep moving forward. And what Cornette wants to do, if you want want to use a baseball analogy here, is take it back into two cameras filming the entire game with one solo announcer and just bring it back to an era that it is not meant to be at right now. No. And And probably never will be. Yeah, exactly. It probably never will be. That time has passed. If you want to look back and reflect on it and enjoy it and be a fan of it, fine. No yeah. one is. No one is crapping right. on that. However, he takes to the internet yep. or the airwaves or whatever he can get on, mm-hmm. and he goes on there and he rails on anybody trying to do new things. I mean, he hates Kenny Omega. I know that not everyone loves Kenny Omega, but at least he's doing something different and new 
True. Like and fun and and it's a change. And it it's mu- something. Yeah. Everything's got to be tried. Everything's got to be. He hates Joey Ryan for some reason. Again, another very entertaining, talented wrestler. Yes, and I, I mean, sure, maybe he's a little over the top. Over the top. Yes. But I, it's not like we haven't had characters like that. What is he talking about? That's true. Like this is this is what I mean. When I think of Jim Cornette, I think of the meme: "Old man yells at cloud." Pretty much. Like that's what I think of, and that's kind of sad that he was reduced to that i know unfortunately like and he never even they brought him back for that hall of fame thing and yeah it was he, fine he wasn't bad the problem is is that that gave him ammunition yeah, against vince russo per, yeah. and now he's like oh look the wwe cares about me you're irrelevant i'm yeah. relevant like what do you mean you're relevant are you booking the show like what, <laughs> that's true it's a good point you're just some old man they trot out there yeah, yeah yeah exactly that did something 30 they, years they ago want to probably put the midnights in the of hall course. of fame that's the only reason he's there yep they're not gonna have him make decisions no yeah and a final word on Cornette before we wrap up here and go to break he's gotta get over this vince russo hatred yes it's unhealthy yeah it's clearly like almost an obsession right yeah i I would say so and i think he needs to get over it but overall quinn i'd say in my point of view Cornette, very talented did a lot for the business very entertaining drew a lot of money a little misguided a little misguided has some very good fundamental viewpoints on wrestling i'm not going to argue with no. jim Cornette. he knows the yeah. business better than either His of view us on kayfabe is pretty solid yeah. um, a little old school but right. uh, you know it it could be used to mm-hmm. I, I think the wwe could use that at the very least yep but overall he kind of just needs to you know get over some things that are going on now i would yeah. say he needs to just let it go it's yep. over it's him over. and Russo are not in the business anymore. Yeah, so just, <laughs> just, just let it leave go. it alone. Just like, leave it alone. Say what you want to say, but it doesn't mean anyone's going to listen. Yep. Back after this. I'm Jim Cornette, pro wrestling manager, genius, friend of small furry woodland creatures, and I've got a problem. No entertainment. You know, I hate sports. They're, they're dull. They're boring. They're always on strike. And those talk shows like Jenny Jones and Ricky Lake, Jerry Springer, what a wimp he is. There's not enough fights. Reality TV? Eh, boring. Three of the members of my immediate family are on America's Most Wanted, but finally I found something that even got me excited. Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And in the next couple of minutes, I'm going to tell you just exactly what you've been missing. (laughs) Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. You're listening to Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. The fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast here on episode number 39, Monday, July 10th, 2017. Thank you for being with us. Quinn, it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where we will put four of the best of something onto Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go down in the desert of Death Valley. Quinn, what do we got this week? Well, it's another request. Good. It just so happens to turn out it's by somebody that did one before. Okay. Um, but I thought it was a good idea, and I think we can do it justice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it some justice. So, Jeff Applegate. Oh, again? Uh, wow. We got another one All for right. him. I think it's going to be a good one. Okay. And it is... Title Belt Designs. Ooh, Title Belt Designs. Okay, we only briefly talked about this a long time ago. I think we actually did, like, we talked about belts or something. We talked about the Winged Eagle specifically. Yeah. But now we get to go into the four best and the four worst. Yes. I guess the only criteria here that I can think of is it has to be a belt that, like, we know about. So if we don't know of one, folks, and you do, Mm -hmm. it's not going to make Rushmore or Death Valley. Right. Like, there could be an independent belt that we don't know that was really bad. Yes, exactly. So, all right. 
So I have the pick. Yeah. Winged Eagle, man. Yeah. How do you not? I think I think that would be (laughs) definitely the the, the first one. That belt is a classic. Yeah, it was ran for about 10 years, 88 to 98. It was like the shine it had on it. Um, It just looked like a champion's belt, man. It is it is like the belt I think of. Right. And I'll just explain real quick. The Winged Eagle was the WWF world title belt. Mm -hmm from 88 hogan was the first one to have it for that main event match against andre right it just magically appeared yeah it just magically appeared yeah how much money did they spend on the plastic surgery man and it was one savage had and warrior and hogan again slaughter blah 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 all the way up to steve austin he won it from sean and then he threw it down and Next took night. the other one and the rest is history even though there was the one appearance with kane in a case in or a something case or yeah, something I don't know what that and was about. austin was on the zamboni <laughs> yes and look at the podium and that a new, WWF, a new WWF title belt. Yeah, that <laughs> that's whole thing. absolutely real. Yeah, that's totally and what that's happened. That's the last time we saw it, and then it became the hardcore title. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah. So, Winged Eagle to me, that was obviously the world title belt when I got into wrestling, mm-hmm. and when you got into wrestling, yeah. and to me, it just screams, this is the pinnacle of being the champion in the WWF. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I, I really, really like that title belt. I think we have no real objections. Debate here. Yeah, no, that, so. that, one's, that was an easy one. Winged Eagle for Mount Rushmore. All right, Quinn, what do you got? I think the other easy one is the classic Intercontinental title. From um, eighty five, yeah, eighty five to ninety eight. Did a uh, Macho Man was the first to have it, or who Tito had it? Tito Santana. Tito. Okay, yeah, Tito had it. The way they did that was pretty cool. Actually, there was an angle where Valentine destroyed, or maybe it was the other. Some one of them destroyed the other's old crappy one. Okay, and that's why the new one came into being. Gotcha. The and green it, one. Yeah, the yeah. shitty old WrestleMania one. You can yeah. see it. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that? That's gorgeous. And that's the one that, yeah, Savage had. That was, like, the iconic. It's still the title. Like, it they, still they is. Had, they went back to it. So, yeah, in the late 90s, they they tried to have a new design. It and was horrible. It, <laughs> I mean. Horrible. You hate it. It's, I, mean, I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's, like, this, like, slim kind of thing. <laughs> and it makes, here's the thing about that belt is that it made the Intercontinental title look less important. Yes, it did. And it coincided with it being less important. Right. So <laughs> when they brought back the regular one, everyone was happy. And right. it's the one that's still used today. It's probably the only belt that is in its like original, well, not original, but you know, semi quasi original form. The one that people remember. Yeah, the classic. Yeah. The iconic. The one that Warrior had. Yeah. Sean. Yes. Razor. Yes. That one. Yeah, the good one. The good one. I love that belt. And I think I'm going to have to agree with you. I can't think of anything else that would knock that off. Right, exactly. And, you know, some of these Rushmores, I always say, are, you know, two and then it's everything else. Yeah. Three. Maybe sometimes it's three and everything else. Sometimes yeah. it's one and everything else. But, you know there's always that those those couple that are like it yes and this is one of those situations this is one of those situations so i would say the classic 1985 to 98 intercontinental championship belt design goes on rushmore and restored design. and the restored version yeah. yeah you with me yep let's do it all right michael i'm gonna bring one to the table for you okay see if we can start getting into the nitty and the gritty mm-hmm. <laughs> big gold belt nwa world title uh let me gold belt. Um, I have a love hate relationship with it. Okay, what um, is it? I like its size. 
I was always a fan of the size. I think it it exemplifies world title. I also like that it has a nameplate on it. Yeah, I used to like that too. That's kind of cool. It was one of the, I mean, it wasn't the first belt, but it was the one that was most prominent. And Mm -hmm. you'd always look forward to the new champion would switch it. And it was kind of cool. Ronnie Garvin had Uh, it. Yeah, but (laughs) the problem with it is that it has this weird like kind of scribble design or mosaic yeah. design to it right and you can't really tell what the hell's on the rest yeah, of the belt what is that there's like a globe in with the a, middle there's like a globe right with a crown on it mm-hmm. but the rest is just surrounded by this swishy like, gold like scribbly yeah it's almost like somebody like it was like still like melted and somebody <laughs> like just swished their hands all over it or something <laughs> I, I don't know like it's just a weird thing so and the, i think it says world heavyweight champion on it it does the other thing that's weird about it is that i don't think at least by the end of it it didn't even have the like who this what like what company did it just say world heavyweight champion yeah i think it did yeah and i i, I, I don't right. think wcw it said wcw on the top maybe wbf added on the tip they modified the wwe anyway. slightly but that's all they did like but, and they might have removed it at the end too like mm-hmm. I, it's possible. I don't remember. I don't recall exactly because by then the big old belt was kind of redundant. Correct. And that's another thing with that belt. At at one point, it became the other world title. Yeah, the world title. Yeah, and like to me, that always took away from its prestige. They tried to say it's like it goes back to George Hackenschmidt and all this crap, and like <laughs> that it did. First of all, it didn't. It didn't anyway. Yeah. No. I don't know. Folks, If by the way, if you are a belt aficionado, why don't you let us know what you know about belts and your favorites, yeah. you know, and your least favorites. You can do that by obviously tweeting at us at OVP Podcast or leave us your four best and worst on Facebook. I got one. Okay, go ahead. I always liked it. You may not like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the NWA, like, mid-80s champion, world championship, I kind of like that. It's it's yeah. uni- It's unique. I don't mind it. It's a unique title. And you know, I always thought that's what they were going for with the Intercontinental title because it's that same style, that sleek mm-hmm. it's shape. It's sleek, yes. Yeah, and I and I like the little, like it says USA on the front, but it's got all the countries. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of a it's kind of a cool, and it has the, it has like the, the world, the globe. It kind of comes out of it slightly. Right. It's not recessed. What is it? The opposite of that. Like protracted. It's like protracted <laughs> out. So it's got that going for it. Mm-hmm. And I always like that it, it was uh, proclaimed as 10 pounds of gold yep. and it, it kind of it had like its personality to that belt it did yeah that was pretty good actually yeah that was not a bad belt you know which one was really good what wcw tv title I, yeah that's another <laughs> one i like too that one might make it. Actually. i really like the tv title yeah. also there's something utilitarian about it it just <laughs> feels like uh this thing's gonna be moved around a lot there's a look to it you know it's like a very basic design but it looked official right it like, looked official it looked legit yeah and i know some people where we're not talking about that like arn anderson red kind no, no, no. or whatever that the was the mid-90s one the late 90s yeah, the one. mid-90s one that got traded around a lot the fit finley era the fit finley <laughs> steve regals yeah, and exactly all that stuff didn't jericho too jericho had it for yeah. a while jericho really kind of made that title mm-hmm. big in that era the king of all loopholes is the king of television now the world's television title holder. And I, I like that one. Yeah, a lot. It, yeah, I did like it a lot too. Oh, man, there's a lot more too. What you got any others? I always liked actually, and I brought this up in another show. I like that NWA tag title that made its way to TNA. Yeah, that's you know, right. That you one's brought pretty that up. good. Those like, are good. Those are good tag belts. Are they better than the WWF's classic See, tag that's, belts? See, that's where it comes. And I don't know if this is just me like 
nostalgia-ish, but I I always like those tag belts, too. Although, I didn't like them when they were silver. I liked when they became gold. Yeah, when they were silver until, what, like the Heart Foundation era or something like that? Yeah, the Heart Foundation maybe of the last... I think they were. I remember Demolition having them, they weren't silver Yeah, they had the normal ones. The gold ones. Right. Yeah. I like those. I never liked them as much as the Intercontinental and World. Yeah. They didn't stand out as much. always kind of played second fiddle, right? Yeah, second Mm. banana, if you will. Yeah. So I don't know about that one. And what did you think of the the blue WWF title, the one that proceeded after the Winged Eagle? They call it the Big Eagle. The Big Eagle. The one that Austin had, and yeah. and then he had the Smoking Skull. But yeah. <laughs> No, but that one. And, that then, one. and then Triple H kind of regularized it. Yeah. Like, I like that one a lot, too. Yeah, that one's really good. That one was really good. It was basically a bigger, less majestic, but still very impressive version of the Winged Eagle. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I wouldn't say it was Mount Rushmore, per se, but I, I yeah. we had to discuss it just in case. I don't think I'd put it on Rushmore yeah. either, no. And what do you think of the current WWE title? It's neither here nor there with me. Yeah, you, I, n- nothing. I wouldn't say it would ever make Death Valley. No. But it's definitely not one of the best belts I've ever seen. It's very generic. Right. You know, it's, okay. there's nothing special about it. Yeah, I just like the idea of the big WWE on it because it's the first time they're, like, acknowledging that, like, you know, wrestling's different now. Wrestling, if you're the WWE champion, you're the champion. Right. Like, and there's something bold about it that I, I like that it's just the big logo. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. kind of cool. No, I, I yeah. agree with you. You know what? I'm going to throw a wild card out there for you. Mm-hmm. Because for what it was used for and for what it was set out to accomplish, it was a little tongue-in-cheek. But you know what a great title belt design is? The hardcore title. Yeah, the hardcore title is. It represents what it was. And I remember just on the belt design end of it, mm-hmm. there's a couple things. The fact that WCW tried to copy it, but they couldn't even, like, figure out that the the, uh, the appeal was that it was all smashed yeah, up. Yeah, they so had, they made, like, a nice new belt. They had a nice new shiny belt that had, like, cracks in it or something, yeah, it was, right? Yeah, like, it, was it was fake like, cracks. Yeah, it was, like, fake cracks. It was like, <laughs> what? Yeah. No, the hardcore title is great, too, because rumor has it it goes back to Mr. Perfect smashing it on Saturday Night's Main yeah, Event or but something. but that's not really that belt. This is the WWF Hardcore Championship belt. And Mick, you've earned it. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever it is, it was cool, and it represented what it was. It was held together by duct tape. It was awesome. It was written like hardcore champion on it. Like on the duct tape and marker. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool belt. I think... And we're not doing this to be WWF fanboys here, but I think that might have to make it. As far as, yeah, it's it's unique, and it's different, and it represents what it is. It kind of hits all the check marks. I think we should put it on. I do, too. All right, let's put it on. The hardcore title will be number three on Mount Rushmore. Big gold? No. No. No, okay. no, no go for me. So what about I would have the gone there. WCW? United States title. I actually like that one. It's okay, but I think not, I... Not the not the current one. No, the, the, you, the, the one, Raven, Goldberg, that, yeah, that like era, Conan. I, that belt looked very respectable to me. I always liked it. Better than the TV? Um, it was like a toss-up, but yeah, yeah. I really I really like that belt. You know what I like, Quinn? The ECW World Heavyweight title belt hmm. from yeah. you know, ECW, oh, the mid-90s, late-90s. Cool it was TV very was similar. Good. Um, to the IC, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it was very... No, you're thinking of the, the tag titles. You're right, yeah. Like the IC yeah. titles. Yeah, they were just knockoffs. <laughs> Same belt maker. Um, what's his name? Reggie Parks. Re- Reggie Parks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same belt maker did all, all these classic designs. Right. Now, did you know this, as a side note on the big gold belt, that was actually made by a belt buckle maker, <laughs> and that's why it kind of looks like a big belt buckle? That makes sense. Yeah. And I know it was made especially for Ric Flair. 
It was, right? Was yeah. he the first guy to have it? And he had it forever. Yeah. And he, he had didn't it more return than it. anybody. Because he had a deposit on it, remember? Yeah. And he brought it to WWF. Right. And you know what? That that brings me back to the NWA eight mid-80s title before the big gold belt. Uh-huh. It also has that allure of that there was a deposit to just have it. To actually like, have it, there's yes. There's something to that belt. Like, I can't put my finger on it, but I just, there. I've always felt that, that there's something special. I think you might have a good case for that, except I just thought of one that might break the bank here. No pun intended. Okay. The million dollar title. Yeah, the million dollar belt is cool. Uh, how do you beat that, Quinn? I give you, brother love, oh boy. the million dollar championship belt. Wow. Holy Toledo. That thing was awesome looking. It is a cool belt. It was a diamond dollar sign belt. Yeah, but also it has the dubious honor of, like, it's been with weird people like Ted DiBiase Jr. and Virgil. Virgil's great. Let's not not make fun of Virgil. I'm just saying. (laughs) Check this out now, man. Okay, an alligator is just moving straight side to side. I'm just saying. Steve Austin had it too, Quinn. Yeah, as the ringmaster. <laughs> yeah, I'm the ringmaster. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's an awesome looking belt. Are there belt. any novelty belts we're missing? Um, what about the... Um, Smoking Skull. What about the um, FTW title? Taz's Fuck the World title? Yeah. It was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it was actually a really cool belt. Yeah. I remember oh, that. The Fuck the World title. Yeah. The FTW title. FT- that was pretty good. Yeah. That is. And I think it look better than the, the million dollar title looks cool. I love but it's it. indescript. Today I want to talk about saying stuff wrong. Also. Ah, I mean, it's a million dollar title. I know. But if you want to. Okay. If you want to put money into the equation, the NWA title had the $24,000 deposit. So. I like the big gold better. The big gold. Really? I really do. Oh, no. All right. I, no, if we're going to reach an impasse, I'm not, I, I'm not I, even going to bother. Yeah, I, I can't even with it. Fine, that. fine, fine, fine. I like it. I just don't think it's like Mount Rushmore material. Now, what did you think of the unified title that WWF had for a while there? I don't know. Like it, I always felt like it should have been better, but yeah. that might have been expectations, too. It's True. like, it's the great unified WCW, WWF. It should be like the greatest belt ever designed. Right. It's, it, it just seems so like, just the look of it even seemed like temporary. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it's just like, this exists. Not much thought was put <laughs> yeah, into it. Yeah. I don't know, Quinn. You're pushing hard, hard for the uh, NWA world title, There's not the, the NWA, big gold. I'll settle on this. The NWA or the TV. I really like the TV title. If it's between those two, I'm going TV. Does TV trump, in your mind, the million-dollar title? Yeah. The million-dollar title would barely change hands. There's something special about that belt. I, the TV? Yeah. I just always like thought it looked cool, and I, I like that it's kind of like a, the size of it is somewhat smaller, so they kind of could carry it around and right. like hold it up. And It's made for TV. Yeah. and it, Yeah, it just it's the belt. That you just hold when you win things. like, But it had meaning to it. Yeah. And it had a nice look to it. And it kept its prestige, even when it was in a dumpster. And it kept it. People <laughs> were like, bring that back. And yeah, then they wouldn't. Like It was like, what? It was bad. Does it trump the original or the previous before the big gold NWA World Heavyweight title? The one you were talking about. That one's, yeah, that's where I'm at an impasse with. I, I really like that. Uh, you seem to not like it as much. Though. I'm not as, as uh, I guess, uh, nostalgic or romantic towards it. No. I'll compromise with you and TV. TV. 
WCW I always liked it. Yeah, I always liked it. I always liked it too. I I say we're fair game to put that on. I don't can't think of any other WWF ones I like more. And uh you didn't like the WCW tag belts, the ones that Scott Hall like it broke was always a missing that, piece. Missing piece on the side. I like the WWF tag titles more than that. Okay. So I think TV I think TV title, WCW TV title is and the best one. That we, we went mentioned. through all the ECW belts. Yeah. Um they're good. Yeah, there's there's no other you can think of any other feds as I said back then that I like better than the TV. Mm-hmm. Not really, like not even the AWA World Title was that, that belt great. looks like junk. Yeah, it's, it's trying too hard title. I think WCW TV title it is for number four. Are you okay yeah, with that? I'm okay with that. Let's throw it on then. So that'll be number four. So to recap here, because I know Donnie, our friend here, likes that. <laughs> we'll we, be saying that for so many yeah. episodes, aren't we? <laughs> yes. The WWF Winged Eagle, mm-hmm. the classic Intercontinental, the hardcore title, and the WCW TV title from the mid-late 90s, etc. Yep. So that's four of the best. Quinn, let's do four of the worst. You want to throw one at me? How about you go first? Okay, no problem. Yeah. I have one for you. The Divas Championship. Championship! Which, wait, the, the tramp, tramp stamp. The tramp stamp belt. That thing sucks. That belt is terrible. It was an embarrassment. Uh, yeah. It, it was. It, I mean, it exemplified what was yeah. wrong with the women's division at the time. Absolutely. It looked stupid. It didn't matter. It was basically, a, and not, I don't want to say it was objectifying women, but there was a reason they made it look the way it did. It was a butterfly. It was a freaking butterfly. I mean, that nothing says I'm a fighting champion like butterfly. And not only that, <laughs> well, Muhammad Ali floated yeah. like one. Yeah, well, but, he didn't have a butterfly belt. No, he didn't. Yeah. But not only that, Quinn, what was the name of it? The Divas yeah. Championship. And do you remember a couple of years back now it was, right, when they switched over finally yeah. to the Women's Championship and yeah. they made it look like a mini version, a of slightly smaller title. version of the world Everyone rejoiced. They did. And that should say something. Yes. That should speak volumes. Now, I'll actually give you the tramp stamp. You can put it on right now. Yeah, you want to just yeah, do just it? just put that on because I, can, I, I have a, a topic after that. Okay, so let's put the WWE Divas Championship on to Death Valley. Now, yes. just like you said, they had the mini world title. Mm-hmm. That started something that I think in the belt design was busted as hell. Okay, what is that? And it was the Universal title, the SmackDown women's title. That whole thing, copying the belt, any of the copies. So basically of, the homogenization yes. of all these belts. Yes, because that there were four belts now, and they all look the same. Yeah, and what is right in the middle of all of them? The, the WWE, WWE logo. logo. Yeah. <laughs> and then not only that, they took the penny belt, the penny tag team Those belts, tag belts, and then they were like, SmackDown needs one, so what do they do? They make a blue one, right? Yeah. And they make them quarters now. They're silver. Yes. You know what? That brings me to a very good contender here, Quinn. Yeah. Those tag the penny belt belts, they're horrible. Yeah, the, they're, they're, they might be worse. They're horrible. They yeah, look like they, hubcaps. <laughs> they look like hubcaps. I don't know why there's two Spartan helmets on it. Like, I don't know. So what does that have to do with tag teams? So Vince doesn't want to go to pro wrestling because that's what his dad did, but he's fine with going to Roman gladiators instead. I don't understand. Is that from like the Royal Rumble where Vince was dressed up like Caesar on the cover? You remember that? 
No. Like the whole, you know, you don't remember that poster where the whole family was re- dressed up like they were like yeah, but that's awesome. Romans? No, that's yeah. funny as hell. Yeah. I remember the Caesar came to Rumble 93. Yeah, no, this was Vince, Shane, Stephanie, and Linda dressed up like Roman dictators or something. Perfect. On the cover of the Royal Rumble poster. That's amazing, yeah. actually. No, I don't remember that one, but those belts suck. However, I have another one that I never liked, and I know you're going to try to justify it. Okay. The spinner. The fucking the spinner. spinner. Mm. The ah, John Cena spinner I belt. I didn't like it. However, I think there is a belt that trumps it. Okay. The United States title spinner was a lot worse than that. The belt. one that he had before that, yeah, right? In that, 04 that or whatever. That was more gaudy and dumb to the point where JBL blew it up in a trash can. Well, but Quinn, the font was like in script or something. Like, font. <laughs> like everything about it was like worse, at least. That thing, like, could be modified to have the thing not spin. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean, but isn't it worse to have the world title with a spinner on you're it? You're right. Um, and the fact that it lasted so long does hurt its chances. Even when it didn't spin anymore, it was still that same stupid it MySpace was, era design. Yeah, it was just know? like they were like... It was almost like they spent a lot of money on the spent a lot of you can put that in. It's like they spent a lot of money on the design. Spent a lot of money. Spent a lot of money. And they were like, oh shit, like Johnson is not as rappy anymore, so we can't like have it spin. Like, what do we do? Like, I know. And I, the thing is, is it just didn't look like a world title to me. You think of world titles, you think the winged eagle, the big eagle, yeah. even that unified piece of crap. And even John Cena, here's the thing, is John Cena at one point, he went from like goofy rapper to like respected professional wrestler. And wasn't like, that already by like oh yes, six? It was like while that belt still existed, so right. it really didn't make any sense anymore. Didn't he pretty much drop the rap gimmick when he became champion? I haven't heard him rap in years. And in fact, well, the Rock, he did I can't. A- his bland personality. I can't <laughs> imagine him rapping. Some of y'all like, cheer me. Some of y'all boo me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you can't even like. In, that's how. The big departure John Cena went away from what he was. It's like you can't. He just looks like Mr. Boring Man now. Like I'm 40 and great blah, blah, blah. wrestler. Yeah, I'm a great. I'm a fantastic wrestler. He but is. you know what? I'm not. I'm not doing that rap stuff anymore. Yeah, rap yeah. is crap. As yeah. I said, uh, I don't know. So we got the Divas Tramp stamp on there, but I have another one for oh, you, geez, Michael. You're really throwing them out. I'm trying me. to throw you a bone here. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. I'm going to give you one more. The one that Hogan won from the Iron Sheik, that green piece of garbage can lid shit. <laughs> yeah. What I, was that? You know I hate that belt. That thing was a piece of trash. The problem with it, it's too cluttered. First of all, <laughs> it's got all those names on the side of it, right? But it looks like somebody's trying to, like, get Elmer's glue and, like, <laughs> stick them all on there. And it's, like, not straight or anything. Right. And then you got the Olympic man in the middle. <laughs> yes. But he's, like, holding, like, I don't know, like, a cup or a trophy or some nonsense. But the rest of it just looks like a flat plate with nothing on I know. it. Like, And why is there an Olympic man? Nothing says uh, ama- that. Just, amateur no. wrestling, yeah, like that, professional no, wrestling. That belt, And it's too big on, like, everyone. Like, even Hulk Hogan, it was too big. They were like, ah, we can't have this anymore. You want to throw this in, don't you? That belt sucks. It was an ugly piece of crap. Let's put it in. (laughs) For the world title, they they really thought that would be a good idea. That might be worse than the spinner, because at least the spinner was relevant to its era. Yeah, what do you think of the other titles that existed in the WWE prior to the national expansion? I mean, the one we just mentioned is the most offensive one yeah. that I can think of. There's one I can think of, but I don't know if it's acknowledged a lot, and I, I'm not even sure 
which one it is. I just see people wearing it. I think Ric Flair had it. So then it probably is the United States title, the one that's shaped like America. America, fuck yeah. That one's doofy. Yeah. That, very, very doofy. It's a, it's a plate of gold cut out yeah. into the shape of America. But you got to give it credit, though. It's the United States Championship. It's relevant. I get it. But I think it's a little too on the head. Like, it's a little too... Ham-fisted. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we get it. You could have just put the letters U.S. on this. Like, you don't need to shape it like the country. What if it was a flag? Uh, by the way, you know, there's another problem with that, Bill. Yeah. How do you put Alaska and Hawaii on it? <laughs> Where are they? They should have been on the side plates, one on each side. What is he, the 48th state champion? Right, like, only, the con- only the continental U.S., yeah. yes. Is he the continental champion? The congruous U.S. Yeah. I don't know if I can call that the worst, though, Quinn, when we have the freaking spinner still floating around. The spinner. The yeah. spinner. What do you think of Smoking Skull? I don't stupid. like that belt. <laughs> yeah, stupid. And I know you don't like that other Intercontinental belt, too. You know what? Yeah, hang on here. Okay, the, yeah, the, I, the I, 98, let me bring that up. The one that started in 98, Yeah, it is literally looks like a kid drew it. <laughs> it's just a, like a boring, ovular, like, oblong <laughs> it's plate. It's like the globe is wrong. It's so fucked up. I yeah. hate I don't that personally belt. think it's like the worst thing I've ever seen. It's not. It's not, but it's bad. It is bad. It's bad, Quinn. And it, it started like a bad trend. For the title, yeah. Yeah. But is it worse than the Smoking Skull? I hated that piece of shit. Yeah. Did The Rock have a Brahma Bull one that I'm thinking there, of? Here's the thing. And what, did How long did that okay. exist? That's actually a good question. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Even at the time in 98, 99, 99 remember the old stuff like Raha's WWF.com? Like yeah, those yeah. old wrestling old, news old sites? sites. WrestleZone yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It was reported that The Rock would be debuting that belt because it was made. He never actually used it. So it though. never appeared on TV. No. Has it has it been seen like has it seen the light of day in some form or I fashion? I think it's on websites about belts hmm. and stuff. Yes, but it was never actually used. Gotcha. But the Smoking Skull is a piece of crap. Yeah, I didn't like it because I didn't like that Austin forsook this brand new nice big eagle belt. Yeah, it's like no, I want my own damn belt. Yeah, and I never thought it was good. It started that trend of like, oh, people are going to have custom belts to mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like even Hogan, like the, okay, I know Hogan and Flair did, but they weren't like, I know Ric Flair said Ric Flair on it, but it said whoever's name was the champion. Correct. It was like, you could change it, right? Like, yes. And I know Hogan's belt was designed to kind of be his size, I guess, or something like yeah, that, that. The Hogan one from like WrestleMania three. Yeah. That one. And that one's a good before 86. Also, that one's really good. That one's actually good. But again, it could have been uni- like anybody could have won that. True. Like it didn't look like it was like just to that. No, it but looked it was like good. a title belt. Mm-hmm. But when we got into this, we're going to put their logos and yeah. shit on it. Like, no. Yeah. But like, the, the worst example to me is a spinner. Yeah. The of sp- that whole thing. The spinner's pretty bad. I think we throw the spinner in, Quinn. Okay, okay, I'll give I you the spinner. I hated that belt. Yeah. I cannot believe they used it as long as they yeah. did. Okay, it was on so many different people. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like Randy Orton CM had that. Punk, Sheamus. Yeah, yeah, just like anybody had it, and like, it just it made it Alberto look Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, that, like really, I know that doesn't fit him at all. Exactly. Yeah, it just didn't fit anyone but Cena, but it fit like 2004 Cena. Yeah, it didn't even fit the <laughs> Cena that had it most of the time. Correct. It wasn't even Cena wasn't that anymore. No. Oh, so yeah. throw yeah. it in. Yeah. All right. It'll be number three. With one more to go, do you have anything, Quinn, to bring to the table? What about that um, WCW hardcore title that we <laughs> briefly talked about? And that plus, uh, it has the it has the dubious distinction of being one of the belts that had the new WCW logo on it. 
Oh, the logo that that's that put sucks. them in the toilet, yeah. basically, right? <laughs> that our our friend from back in the day, he used to always say that WCW fell apart because the logo changed. It did, yeah. That was one of the biggest reasons. That, with, the, obviously. with the big long C yeah. in the middle, that you couldn't really tell if that was, and you couldn't even tell if those were W's. Like right, it was awful. You couldn't tell what you were looking at. Yeah, like <laughs> like a freaking art poster. It was like it was stretched out, and then someone swished swished yeah. it back together. Just changed the aspect ratio yeah. or something. Yeah, they like messed up or something. <laughs> that hardcore title that we talked about with the fake like cracks in it and the stuff fake cracks it exemplified how shitty their hardcore division was how like fake the yeah. whole like the whole like they would they were like let's do hardcore and then they're like fighting in like the middle of like dumpsters on fire like in a parking lot no with, like trucks and stuff it was so prefabricated yeah it was so like it was just like the WCW of the early 90s when they would do these big over the top. Yes. Like present like the it reminds me of stuff like the monster truck match. Yeah, and like, right. Exactly. Even though even the though truck I, match even though the I like it. Truck. Yeah. But even though I like that, but it reminds me. And that was like not what hardcore wrestling was. No, like, it was fighting at Funtime America or backstage yeah. and having referees try to pin you. You or know, it was using like barbed wire right. bats yeah. and like having barbed wire ring ropes like Correct. really like dangerous real stuff yeah, right yeah and wcw of course just wcw a fight it yeah but is that belt worse than the pennies of the tag titles that are now mm, the pennies they're awful quinn i cannot believe that's a title <laughs> belt actually i the pennies are but you know what's worse actually what the fact that they thought that they could just make a second version of <laughs> the smackdown quarters might be worse than the original pennies because they're derivations of something that sucks so bad already <laughs> well you're really making some sense yeah there <laughs> yeah how about we put them both in the, that overall design that, that they the, suck the spartan tag belts or whatever yeah the current smackdown and raw tag belts just suck they look like change i found in the couch <laughs> they're going into death valley Well, there you have it. I'm not even recapping this one. Figure it out for yourself and let us know <laughs> your best and worst title belt designs. I know there's stuff we missed and stuff we're not aware of. So send us pictures. Put them on Facebook. Tweet us yeah. those pictures because we want to see some of the worst that yeah. maybe we've never heard of yeah. or some of the best. And you can do that, of course, by going at OVP Podcast on Twitter or you go to our Facebook group or simply email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, when we come back, we're reviewing something back after this. How about this? What is that? This happens to be the real championship belt. That's not Hogan's belt, Brain. I know the champ's belt when I see it. You're right. Comparing this belt to Hulk Hogan's belt would be like comparing ice cream to horse manure. Comparing the men that wear these belts would also be like comparing ice cream to horse manure. You see, the man that owns this belt is right now under contract to another organization. But in the very near future, he might be coming to the World Wrestling Federation. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. This man not only has challenged Hogan on numerous occasions, unanswered, may I add. But you want to compare him? Fine. Then let's compare Hulk Hogan to Ric Flair. Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 39. 
it is time to review something. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Oh, we're reviewing something. Yeah, this, this is... And I think Ruben's going to really like this. <laughs> Ruben is really going to like this one. Yeah. Now, this is another fan request, as our mission here is to get to all of them if possible. This was requested, in a sense, by Travis Volt, a big fan of ours. Mm-hmm. Comments a lot. Gives us some good suggestions. He wanted us to do the AWA team challenge series so we picked an episode hmm. of the awa that involved this and it does as well, you'll see I, I might disappoint yeah travis there it's but mentioned it's mentioned so it's we're doing what we can here with what right. we have to work with right there's no specific pay-per-view or like show that's like this is team challenge right but it's mentioned it's involved mm-hmm. and this is awa American Wrestling Association Championship Wrestling from June 4th, 1990. Now, a couple of things. First of all, this show was on ESPN. Yes, it was. And it started in 85. It actually inherited the, I guess, time slot of a thing called Pro Wrestling USA. Regardless, it was on from 85 until 90 on ESP frickin' N. Yeah, till the end of the AWA, basically. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. Now, June 4th, 1990, what we're dealing with here, if you recall, a couple episodes back, we reviewed NWA Power Hour from right around the same time. Yeah, so that's some context. If you want to go back to the last episode, if you didn't hear it, that's some context as to what's going on around wrestling at the time. Exactly, and we all know what the WWF was up to. They were building towards SummerSlam. Ultimate Warrior. Warrior was a champion. He was going to be feuding with Rude, Hogan, Earthquake, that yeah. whole thing. So DiBiase these and are Savage. The, these and are what the big boys are doing. And this is what the NW or the AWA is doing. The, the little boys. Yeah. <laughs> this exactly. is where the little boys yeah. play. So obviously, Quinn, to put it kindly, by June of 90, AWA <laughs> was not doing so well. That's kind of understating. Yes, I, I it think is. it's uh, in the toilet. It is. But I'll give them credit. It's harder to tell than you would think by watching this episode. I agree. Um, most promotions, when they're in the toilet, they look like WCW at the end <laughs> or something, and the booking doesn't make sense, or right. you know, they're outside, like in a parking lot <laughs> yeah, or something. Exactly. Like, I don't know. They're thankfully still in an arena for this one, yeah. so let's get to it. We have, of course, Tony the Tiger in the intro. Professional Wrestling's Hottest Hour. Lee Marshall. Right. They're great, Quinn. <laughs> They're great. So the reason we say that is because Lee Marshall actually was Tony the Tiger, like in the commercial for Frosted Flakes. Yeah. Like, after the original guy died, Tony the Tiger yeah. was done by Lee Marshall. From wrestling. They're great. Now, if I'm not mistaken, did he pass away recently, last few years? I hope not, because he's great. <laughs> I thought he did. Are you sure? Oh, I, I think, think he, he did. did. Oh, no. I hate when that happens. I know. And we'll have more on him later because yeah. we have a few things to say about him. But anyway, so we uh, are presented by ESPN and the Total Sports Network. I don't know what that is. Me TSN? TSN. TSN. Toronto? Canada, Canada's. Yeah. I always uh, thought it was Toronto Sports Network, but maybe that's what maybe it's, it's Total Sports Network. Exactly. And we're hosted by a very young, very, very Baby. green yeah, yeah, Eric Bischoff here. Welcome back to Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Hi, I'm Eric Bischoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, and he's not all powerful and no, he's no. just some dweeb he's some like dweeb he's basically at like mooney's level mm-hmm. yeah and uh so we cut to our ring announcer here donna gagne really now, i speculate here is this who larry zabisco married but I don't you, believe you so. corrected or actually
actually I looked it up I think while we were yeah, watching it's it. It's not anyway. who Zabisco married. Yeah. But she is no Mike McGurk, I'll oh, say hell that. Hell no. Ladies and gentlemen, this wrestling event is scheduled for one fall. Mike McGurk yeah. is worlds better than Donna Gagne. Yeah. She sucks. She's like the crappy Mike McGurk because her hair yeah, is she, like kind of <laughs> McGurkish. She's a little McGurky. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a little McGurk. She's kind of like the here. crappy Mike and she has the like circus conductor <laughs> suit. The ringleader suit, basically. The ringleader right? thing on. With a, but she's wearing a dress, we notice later. Yeah, it's like yeah. a skirt dress yeah, thing. Exactly. So that that's different. That's different. Our yeah. announcers here are Tony the Tiger himself, Lee Marshall, along with Ralph Strangus. And I had to look him up, Quinn. Was he any good? I mean, he was okay in he this. He was okay in this. He actually went on to be a very, very notable NHL announcer hmm. for the Dallas Stars. Interesting. For Hemsky in the slot, crowd in front, Hemsky shooting, scores! But yeah. no one cares about hockey. Nobody cares. Not on this show. <laughs> Our yeah. first match here is Spike Jones. Now, he's fighting someone very interesting here. Yukon John Nord. Now, who is that? The Berserker, yes. Hus Hus. The Berserker, Hus Hus. But he's not the Berserker here, and he speaks English. And he has he cuts weird trees hair, down. He has shorter hair he and has a mustache. An, he has an actual, like, axe with him, yeah, which was real really axe. a real axe. That you, was weird. You know what was extra weird about this whole thing? What? And there's going to be a theme here of AWA using licensed oh, music. Right. He comes down to Werewolves of London. Yeah. The Warren Zevon song. Now, do you have a problem with this? You say he's a lumberjack. There's an not issue. Not a wolf. No, but I mean, like, he's grizzly, per se, because he's a Yukon. You know? But he's from the Yukon, not London. Well, what do you want them to play? Not that! What else could they play? I don't know. No, that would be popular music, because the theme seems to be it's popular music, right? So Yeah, but from when? when's that song from? Like, 80? 80. That's within the last... Ten years ago! I mean, they still played Katy Perry from ten years ago. She's good. Yeah, but my point is, is that... that Ten years is like songs, like popular music. Generally, ten, around ten years they'll, they'll breathe. I just have a before they become old with a werewolf of London. You know, I get it. Equating I, I, to a lumberjack from the Yukon. I just get. I'm thinking because he's like a grizzly man or whatever, and a werewolf. You know, the grizzly bear is not a werewolf. I get it, but I'm just. Mm. This is how exciting this show is. Yeah, this so is what we we're have, talking about. He comes down with his partner, by the way, which is Scott Norton. Yes, the that, Scott Norton with no beard or mustache yeah, or anything, weird. no facial hair. So this match is kind of dumb. It's not that bad. It's a typical jobber squash. It's not a bad squash because if I recall, there is no like. You're, yeah, yeah, there's no, like, jobber or getting offense on him or anything. It's your favorite kind of squash, it's Quinn. It's what a squash should be. It's basically a superstar-style squash. Yeah, it's like, no, he's going to kick your ass for five minutes, and mm -hmm. that's going to be it. The ref, by the way, has a very big yellow mullet. Like, yes. it's yellow. Yeah. It's not blonde. No. It's like he yellow. Looks, he looks like... Um, knobs? Knobs from um, Nasty Boys. Yeah. Nord has, like, proto-fuzzy boots on. <laughs> you yeah, notice that? they were like Ugg boots. Just without the fuzzies. I know. And Quinn, you said to me, you couldn't figure out his pants because, like, were they sweatpants? Were they jeans? Yeah. It's like he had, what is that called when it's the jeans and the, like... Jeggings? Jeggings. Yeah. But uh, they weren't, like, tight on him. I don't know how to explain it. It was weird. That's right. This is OVP where we report on the hard 
facts here yeah. about wrestling. Yeah. Nord's pants were weird. Yeah. Ralph says that the cement is rock hard. It's 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 cement hard. <laughs> so he is inaccurate there, technically. Right. It's not yeah. a rock, it's cement. Yeah. It's a jobber match. Weird camera angles, though, I noticed. Yeah, um, the, the angles were more like they were close to the ring, but on the like right side yeah. of hard camera. <laughs> like, weird. weird. The yeah. hard camera was like off to the side. Yeah, it was, it was cement hard camera. Yes. Yeah, cement. <laughs> cement hard. Nord wins with the Hogan light drop, a nasty one, right on the guy's face. Yeah, he really nails him there, huh? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, it looked good. I thought it looked great, yeah. and I'd say it's a perfectly acceptable squash. And, and this interview with Bischoff and oh the, my God, the Lumber this is Wolves. amazing. So Nord tells a story to him about Norton chopping trees in the Yukon and how the lumberjacks eat a lot of pancakes. Yeah, what was that? That was weird. My partner, Scott Norton, I'm going to tell you a story. But then he proceeds to explain, like, Big Big Scott was sitting in, like, a chair. A big chair. And he had a knife and fork. And Big Scott was sitting back in the big chair with the knife and the fork. Yes. And he ate 298 pancakes. Turns out he ate 298 pancakes. This interview is longer and more entertaining yes. than that squash because well, John Nord is rambling on. Well, here's the big point here and yeah. why this is really funny. Yes. Is Norton's all looking proud and yeah. stuff on the side. And after he says 298 pancakes, he kind of mumbles to Bischoff. He goes, That's right, find more than the world record. <laughs> Why does he know the world record off the top of his head? And why are like, we putting over pancake eating? In fact, so much so that Nord christens yeah. Scott Norton as Flapjack Norton. His new name is Flapjack Norton. Nothing Quinn says toughness like pancakes. Now, it's interesting because if you notice, Norton does say, <laughs> yes, he says like, hey, I know it's not that threatening. And, yeah. then he, and then he says, but it's threatening. Like, and you I know got, what I mean? Like, yeah. And he's like, I got this nickname in Lumber Camp. Yeah, Lumber Camp. What? What? Wh- which, I want to know, like, the whole kayfabe backstory. Like, do they live in the woods after the matches or I something? So, I don't know. And they chop down trees and make log cabins and sleep in them <laughs> and as then, on the road. And then they use log cabin syrup to put on their flapjacks. And then they break the world record. So is next week Nord going to eat Dude, 299? I hope so. Yeah. Also, by the way, folks. <laughs> I don't want to forget this one. Their slogan is, we don't care and we ain't scared. We don't care and we ain't scared. Well, that that was kind of awesome and fun. (laughs) This whole promo was good. (laughs) That felt like it was just them, like, trying stuff out. Yeah. Oh, world record for No one cares about this anymore anyway. Who gives a shit? It's fine. No one's watching anyway. So we go backstage again to Bischoff, who looks a lot like the Wayne's World version of Rob Lowe. Yep, on Tasu, Mountain Dew, Pepsi Cola. A lot, a lot. A like, lot. It's almost like Wayne's World came out like two years, three years after, after this. this yeah. It's like they saw Bischoff <laughs> on AWA because it's on ESPN. Yes. And they were like, that's the perfect, like, doofy, but like cool, suave guy mm-hmm. that we need to make fun of in that movie. So, anyway, Bischoff throws to the illustrious Johnny Stewart versus Jim Evans. Okay. Now, Johnny Stewart comes out, Quinn. 
mm-hmm. in a fake like Ric Flair robe. So he's like a rich guy or something. That's his That's gimmick. They keep saying, mm-hmm. yeah. And Jim Evans kind of looks like Wayne from the Wonder Years. Yeah, he looks almost you know exactly like him. Jason which Hervey. J- Jason Hervey is actually involved in wrestling, so it could have been him. So we have the shitty yellow mullet ref again. And so they call this guy Stewart here. They call him the possible future Nick Bockwinkle. Well, we didn't have the chance to figure that out because <laughs> this promotion was closing up in a matter of weeks. By Survivor yeah. Series, it's pretty much yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, of course, the one of the announcers brings up Brad Rangans because you have to. Okay. Now, I tell you this. I said you were, like, shocked that they were talking about Brad Rangans at this point. Yeah. And I said to you, well, they have to, right? Because Vern paid for him to go in the Olympics. They spent all this money on Brad Rangans. They have to push him. Right. And, folks, Brad Rangans, Rangans, whatever... He was a big part of the only other AWA review we did from 82. Yes, that's true. Very true. <laughs> Eight years later, they're, yeah, still, they're still trying. Now, Brad Rangans is like in the main event now. He's not like yes. just some up-and-comer. He's yeah. like a big deal. <laughs> he, he also looks old. I can't wait to get yeah. to that. So anyway, here, Wayne here, you know, <laughs> butthead dominates for a little bit, but Stewart rolls up his knee pad and wins with this horrible oh, looking... Mike. So like, it, it, looked like, it looked like he went for a, a flying cross body but instead of trying to aim with his chest he's trying to hit him with like his knee that's exposed but not even exposed he only took like one of the knee pads <laughs> yeah, off he still weird. has like a pad on it was so bad yeah overall that next nick buckwinkle guy he looked like crap yeah there no. was nothing special about no. this guy it, uh, there's no way he would have even if the promotion went on for 20 more years <laughs> like he wouldn't have, have made it to nick buckwinkle levels so Bischoff, of course, has to interview him on the outside here. And yeah. apparently, you know, he's supposed to be rich, blah, blah. But he says nothing of importance. And he sounds a lot like Brian Pillman. Who's got basically every luxury money could ever buy. This becomes a trend in yeah, this show. It does. This whole Brian Pillman and stuff. We're like, who is this guy? And we didn't look him up. So if you know who he is, let us know what you know about him. But yeah. he sounded a lot like Brian Pillman. It wasn't, obviously. It's Brian Pillman when he has a lot of Pollocks. <laughs> Because, you know, like, you go through phases with the Pollock, so... Yes. It, this is a, a lot of Pollock's pillment. <laughs> Thanks, Quinn. So, Lee Marshall is standing by with the TCS update. That's right, the Team Challenge Series update. Yep, the TCS. It sounds like a fucking airplane. Or a phone company. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> They're great! So, apparently, Nikita Koloff... Why? What? Nikita Koloff was here? I Why would so. he show up to this dump? <laughs> like, he's in a real promotion. He was, yeah. Yeah. He faces a guy, and it's not the actual timekeeper, but the wrestler's name is Timekeeper Mike George. And he said he'd beat Nikita in four minutes. Uh, Spoiler, he didn't. (laughs) So he earned two points for his team or some shit, however this works. I'd like to give you the standings. Quinn, you want to take the reins here? I'll take the reins on the standings. So the standings are this. It's Baron's Blitzers. These are the teams. Baron Baron, Von Roschka. Baron Von Roschke's Blitzers. There's Sarge's Snipers. Yep. And there's Larry's Legends. These are the, the three. I thought there was more teams in this originally, but yeah, wouldn't you think there'd be more? Yeah, I, I. It seems, but this roster is like nobody, so that makes sense. True. So the record for Baron's Blitzers, who are in the, they're in first place. Yep. With, they are twelve and fifteen. They don't even. They're not even <laughs> above five hundred. First of all, and they're in first place. They have two draws, five DQs for a total of thirty points. So thirty-two uh, points. Thirty-two points. Right. But the DQs are they like more valued like there's no way there was five know. matches like maybe it was one dq gets you five points well the thing is quinn this thing had been going on since october of 89 yeah 
This is a very long ass thing that they did until oh, August of ninety. Very, very long. I mean, so, this is ridiculous. So they're in first with thirty two points. Who's next? Now the next team is Sarge's Sarge's snipers, and they are in second place. They're fourteen and fifteen. Again, not five hundred, but they're in second place. Yep. One draw and one draw. And they have 29 points. And that, of course, would be Sergeant Slaughter's team. I'm thinking this DQ made all the difference. I think so. Yeah, because that's that's elevating Baron's Blitzers right now. Now then, third place, Larry's Legends, 13 and 12. They are above 500, but they're at the bottom. Yep. What the hell? I don't know. One draw, one D- DQ, 28 points. So Larry's Legends are the only team with more wins than losses. Yeah. And they are in last place. They even have a DQ victory on top of yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's very, very strange here. And shouldn't... Okay. You, in usual standings, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, if you're 13 to 12, like, even if somebody's had more stuff than you, you're yeah. in first place. Right. That's not how this works. Well, apparently with this whole team challenge thing, no one knew how it worked. Yeah. They were just booking it by the seat of their pants. There was some, like alleged $1 million prize that what? the winning team would split up. This company up. didn't have $1 million Vern would spare. have to be selling the barn, yeah, you know, to be exactly. able to afford he that. sell the property <laughs> that he lived on or whatever. So that's a little bit about the team challenge series there, Travis Voltz. Yeah, there you go. We go back to ringside with DJ Peterson and Rick McCord, who, first that's of all... weird. The, both yeah, those names are weird. Very weird names. They come out to TNT by ACDC. Very Dino good. Mike. Yeah. yeah that good song. song. Yeah. They're facing the Tokyo Bullets, who are basically two white guys in masks. They're very much not from Tokyo. No. You can, even though they have masks on, you can tell. They're, Although they do look like two mini blue blazers. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They do. So it's a different ref, which I'm very surprised, Quinn, is not Billy Silverman. I guess this was just below his standards. <laughs> like, he is in everything we've ever... Was he even in that, like, um, Heroes of Wrestling somehow? I don't know if he, he was. He might have been. But he made it to, like, the Sergeant Slaughter promotion with Tito Santana. Oh, What's that, it called? Oh, um, American Wrestling. Yes, he made it to that. He's in everything. Yeah. WCW, WWF. Not this, though. Yeah. So anyway, we get some generic offense by fake Bobby Eaton, who's Rick McCord there. Yeah, no, so he's Bobby Eaton. Yes. But he's got the Rock and Roll Express tights on. Yeah, what so the he's, hell? Like, he's like, like Ricky Morton Bobby Eaton yeah, combo. Yeah, it's really weird. And Quinn, you told me the other guy there, DJ Peterson, looks like Brutus Beefcake and Sparky Plug. Had a baby, yeah. Because <laughs> he's like the mixture of them. Then there's a very strange cutaway, and I'm intrigued as to what this is, as we cut to some mysterious wrestler in a mask in the crowd. Or like a fat guy in a mask. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't look too threatening to me. And, and the, they, they're all like up yeah. in arms about it. They're like, who is this? And, ooh, they, and then ooh. they start speculating, oh, oh, you know, maybe it's one of the fans. Some of these fans come dressed up crazy. Yeah, like, B. Marshall says yeah. that. People come wearing those multicolored wigs and that sort of thing. And- I bet you that never came to anything because there just wasn't enough time like, <laughs> to play this whole thing yeah, out. Yeah, The Bullets get a crappy double shoulder block on Rick McCord. And Quinn, you said to me, you like the AWA logo in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that, actually. And I, I wish the WWF had done it more. And mm-hmm. I think NWA did a little bit. But WWE would never do it. But, and, you know, WCW, WCW would do, like, it. Slim Jim and shit in the middle. But yeah, yeah. That's true. So Inziguri by the barber here and fake Bobby Eaton with a top rope crossbody for uh, the win. Okay, first of all, at least he got the crossbody thing right. 
And from the top rope, from the no top less. Rope. And by the way, in case we forgot, they mentioned something about the fact that if, if the guy was prone and he jumped off the, the top yeah. rope, that it would have been a disqualification. What? Yeah, <laughs> this is very weird. Lee Marshall goes into this tangent, and I'm not familiar with AWA rules, so maybe Ruben Vasquez can let us yeah. know here. Apparently because the guy was one of the bullets here, bullet number two, whatever, yeah. was standing. Yes. It was okay to jump off the to top. To jump off with a crossbody. Yeah. But yeah. if he had been down on the mat, yeah. that's that, a no-no. That's a DQ. Now, is he that an old NWA rule carryover? I don't know what the hell that is. I've never heard of that in my life. Me neither. If you know. Really weird. Let us know. But of course, Bischoff now interviews McCord and Beefcake. That sounds yeah. like a Jake and the Fat Man <laughs> ripoff. <laughs> yeah. Why does everyone sound like Brian Pillman, you no, ask? Seriously. Like, um, These guys sound like I Brian Pillman. I think both of them do. <laughs> they do. Especially Sparky Plug. Like, yes. He definitely sounds like Pillman. And he does. I think about 10 years now, you right? So there's no doubt that he has the experience to do what I want to But like. McCord does say, Quinn, we were the Central States Championship. That's right. We were the Central States Tag Team Championship. Yes. Okay. This is one of my pet peeves in wrestling when someone says they are the championship. Yeah. Like, no, you're not the championship. Like, the belt or the title of champion, that's the championship. First of all, it's it, not even championship. It's this. Championship. <laughs> yeah. Championship. Of course. There, it's that, according to Vivian. But <laughs> Vivian. Um, I just, I don't like, like, how do you not know I was the champion? Yeah. Champion. 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 So folks obviously this is a very exciting show <laughs> because we're getting into this type of minutia i do want to mention speaking of minutia while we're at it the bumper music they use when they go to commercial and oh. come back from commercial is fantastic it's very jolly i think we were both kind of bumping oh uh, yeah like we the, really liked yeah. it i'll give them that they yeah. had great bumper music for 80s music you know yeah it's like like i don't even remember what it was but it was just you know that 80s like hyper good. like mm, mm, yeah mm, it was really like, happy yeah Back to Bischoff in the studio. How the hell, by the way, did ESPN pick this up? This looks, even for ESPN, who's like, has like arm wrestling and bowling all day at <laughs> yeah. this point, like this still looks too cheap for them even then. I know. And you know what's even funnier, Quinn? What? ESPN would go to pick up Global Wrestling Federation after this. The GWF? Yes. Not Global Force. No, Jeff not Global Jarrett. Force. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so we get a clip of last week. Great. Yeah, that's that shows that they have nothing going on. Well, the fact also that they they've already advertised that Zabisco is going to be in this show, right? Ugh, yeah, and they already they, have. And then they go to a clip from last week of Zabisco versus the Trooper. Yeah, which we don't know who this guy is. It yeah, might be might Tom be, Brandy. We're not sure. Or I mean, not Tom Brandy. The, the Del Patriot. Wilkes. Yeah, yeah, Del Wilkes. It sorry, may very well be the Patriot. And of course, we clip and Larry's doing an abdominal stretch. Uh, wonderful thrilling thrilling yeah killing time because he sucks in fact when my sources have confirmed yes that the trooper is in fact del wilkes okay i thought the it Patriot. was um it is th thank you wikipedia the yes. source of this podcast <laughs> now while larry has the trooper in the abdominal stretch he tells him the story of wandering into bruno's yard i imagine <laughs> yeah. i just assume well, that that's he does. what he was that's he has to put them in rest hold so he can continue to tell the story over and over yeah. and over again and like screw it up four yeah. times and then finally get to the point i wandered into bruno's yard 
Yeah. That's his Hall of Fame speech. If you want to hear it and you never have, it's that. I also <laughs> don't really recommend listening to it because you'll be annoyed by the end. Or sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so someone will be annoyed by you sleeping yeah. while listening to Larry's Bisco. Anyway, they trade some near falls here while Quinn insists that this trooper here looked like Mike Sharp. So, yeah, that was the weird thing. Like, Del Wilkes. We knew it wasn't Mike Sharp. We knew it wasn't, but I. Del Wilkes's hair here is like mullier and mullier. He looks like Mike Sharp. Yeah, so. Except more in shape. Figure. More yeah. like Mike shape. Dude, he was jacked, actually. I was surprised. I don't ever remember the Patriot looking this good. No, he was a little doughy, right? Yeah. A little doughy. It, a little steroid dough. Yeah, but at this point in time, he's like shredded. Yeah, like, it's he ridiculous. Was. He was pretty big. Yeah. So he gets the massage of death, the trooper does. <laughs> As time runs out. Signaled by the Royal Rumble buzzer? Yeah, that was weird. It was like, yeah. Not a bell. Usually the bell Very rings strange. to signal time, right? Yeah. But the massage of death, Quinn. I'm not kidding, right? Yeah, okay, he, so here's the thing. Why in the hell would you put him in the Vulcan death grip or whatever? Yeah. Like, when you have no time left? Wouldn't you try to pin him? Right. Like Put him in a sleeper. Yeah, or put him in the sleep. Or at put least. him in one of those like pin maneuvers where it's like sort of looks like it's hard to get out of it. Yeah, like, like a La Mahestral or whatever. Yeah. One of those things. O'Connor yeah. roll. Yeah, O'Connor. I'm just roll. busting out oh, the names yeah. now to fuck with you. Yeah, but he literally like massaged his traps. Yeah, he's and like, then time ran out. He's like, here, I'm going to make you feel good now. Yeah, <laughs> welcome to Aqua Spa. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the ref raises like both of their hands. No, well, this, this is was what's confusing. confusing. So he raises Del Wilkes' hands first. Yes, first. Yes, he does. What? And we know the time run out like you can tell but tony the tiger is all like oh my oh, god oh no he won. he won he won he like, won he's yeah. great he's great yeah larry's still the champion he cries blah 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 yeah he's like crying that he it was a draw because he's a pussy that's Larry like the storyline like so then the trooper here tries to take the belt yeah he didn't win it that, that's not right Time clearly ran out. I don't know, like what they what his it was his own stupid fault to put him in the Vulcan nerve pinch that never gets anybody. I know, like it's like Andre beating a jobber on like NWA Continental something or whatever. You're just making that up. No, but you know when they'd send Andre away. I come here. I come here for one reason. I tell you one thing. I come here (laughs) to win the N N W W A Continental belt, boss. And, er- and just put somebody in a nerve pinch for I 45 win. minutes. Ha, 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 yeah. ha, ha. Eric Bischoff interviews Trooper, who cuts a very shitty promo. <laughs> Better believe it. Because, ladies and Bisco, if there was ever any doubt in your mind about my ability against top-notch competition. He says Larry was saved by the bell, which is ironic because he does have hair like Slater. Yes, he does. <laughs> hey, Preppy. When you said Larry was saved by the company going out of oh, business. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was really Larry. Like, when they say saved by the bell, I think they mean that, like, Larry being the champion is uh, because the company was just not <laughs> going toilet. out. Yeah. I mean, it really, like, really, really was. If this was. company lasted any longer and they found anybody of reputable quality, <laughs> they would have probably uh, uh, got him instead of Larry's Bisco. And he's only the champion because he's married to the daughter or whatever. Bischoff hypes up today's main event. It is Brad Ryan's versus Larry Zabisco. Come on, really? Yep, that's it. <laughs> Brad comes out and he looks awful. This is the best part. Okay. He comes out to taking care of business by Bachman Turner Overdrive. Yes. He should have taken care of his hair. 
Yes, his hair is out of hand here. Larry already looks like the announcer version, by the way. And he comes out to Simply the Best. Simply the Best. Better right? than all the rest. <laughs> that but fucking he, song. He doesn't do his uh, thing with his hands or yeah, whatever. his peace sign, hand, <laughs> eyebrow roll. That's his sign. It's like a signature. It's like he's he's doing the signature. You know, you can't see it on an audio podcast. Though. Now, we notice, though, Quinn, some people do clap for him. Like eight. But yeah, like, some people are. Well, that's stupid, though, because he's a heel. Well, and he's boring like and he's shitty. Is like, he better than Brad Rangans, though? I think he is. Well, this is the problem is this promotion was probably set up to be shittier than Larry Zabisco. Wow. Yeah. That's deep, Quinn. That's why it sucked. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Make Larry look good. So lower the bar on everything else. Yep, right. Exactly. But you know what? If you think about it, Quinn, it's Brad Rangans, right? Yeah. Fern loves this guy versus Larry Zabisco, a relative. Yeah. Vern must be on the edge of his orthopedic chair for this one. <laughs> oh, oh, he's this is, into this. This is his two favorite people fighting. What's going to happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quinn, you said to me, I like that Larry went to WCW and was immediately playing second fiddle in the Dangerous Alliance. Yes. He was never anything of anything. No. Like, and by the way, he's the AWA champion here. Yeah, and they had to kick him out of the Dangerous Alliance, too. Like, he, he was, sucked. like, the first... I think he even got kicked out before Medusa did. <laughs> like, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the first. Now, folks, if you've ever seen a Larry Zabisco match, you'll know that the first seven minutes <laughs> is him stalling. Yes. That's what he does. Yes, he's probably the most prolific staller to ever exist. This like, side of Memphis, worse man. Than, worse than Lawler, I worse think. Worse than Jer- Jeff Jarrett at as a heel. At least when Lawler did it, it was at least somewhat entertaining. This guy... The King is miles better than Larry Zbysko. Oh, yeah, he, he always was. Always yeah. was. So apparently, Larry recently regained his belt that he dropped from... Mr. Saito. Holy shit. You're telling me that this company is in such bad shape that Mr. Saito was their world champion in like 90 90. or 89, maybe possibly. The guy that teamed with Fuji and was like a million back then and not that good. Yeah. Like the worst version of Mr. Fuji. The worst of the Fujis. Yeah. Yeah. He was the AWA champion in 90. That's upsetting. 90. 90. (laughs) What were they? Was he in Orient Express? No, that's Sato. I always, not Saito. I always do this. They're not the same. Yeah, Judge Cheeto. <laughs> Judge Cheeto. It's not the. It's not the uh, the the fat tubby one from WrestleMania Six. No, that's no. Sato. Not the one with Akio the mullet. Sato. Yeah, that's Tanaka has the, the mullet. The one with Hakushi. You stop. <laughs> the crowd chants Larry sucks, but I thought they were chanting Bruno's yard. <laughs> Bruno's yard. Bruno's yard. You had to throw that in there. You you really harp on that speech, don't you? You hate I it. Hate. Yeah, you hate it. Well, here's the reason why, folks. Quinn and I watch that Hall of Fame live, as we usually do. We watch every Hall of Fame together. We do. It's like a tradition. It is. We, ah, we should do that for something. Hall of Fame live this time. Yeah. Because we already did our bites. Yeah, we can't show it, but, you know, people can have us on in the background or something. I don't know. Right, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll do a live review That's of the Hall of Fame. That's a good idea for next That's year. That's a good idea. Yeah. So anyway, the reason why I don't like that is because it was literally one of the worst Hall of Fame speeches I've heard. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really rambly and confused, and all he talks about is Bruno. Yeah. Oh, Bruno's yard! Yep. And I hate it, his voice to begin with. one of the worst with. things I've ever seen. It's awful. Yeah. So anyway, Lee Marshall here references Ken Patera, another former Olympian that looked like shit by this time. 
Yes. He's not on this show, right? No, no, no. Um, but, but he also looked like crap. But I remember when we, we found this on YouTube or whatever to watch. I remember mm-hmm. in the search page, the video right under this said, Ken Patera shoots on AWA in its final days. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he didn't have many nice things to say. It's better than shooting a boulder through a window <laughs> of a McDonald's drive through well, which that- was that with Mr. Saito? Oh, shit. Ooh, full circle here. Wow. That's how exciting this show is, folks. That's the theme here. So anyway, we get some exciting mat wrestling in the meantime. And I say to you, way to blow the air out of the whole show. It was kind of like somewhat exciting before this. Things were happening. And they're just on the mat rolling around. It it was pretty boring. So here's what bugs me. The announcers (laughs) reference, especially Marshall, the Shea Stadium show from 1980. You know, the WWWF yes. Supercard, where... This is pretty, like, audacious, what they right. say. Like, this is absurd. There's a lot of audacity yeah. here. Because you've got a show that had Hogan Andre on it. Right. And main event in the show was Larry Zabisco against Bruno Sammartino in that famous angle. Now, they decide to start mentioning that Hogan Andre, and Andre. On, Hogan and Andre was on it. And they mentioned something else. Bruno. I Bruno, but no, but they were mentioning some other men. I don't know. The point is, is that they start acting because Larry was in the main event with Bruno. Yeah. That the people in Shea Stadium, they weren't there to see Hogan, Andre, or any of the undercard. Probably Bob Backlund. Backlund and uh, Pedro, I think, beat the Samoans. For the tag belts. They weren't there to see that. They were there to see Larry Zabisco versus Bruno San Martin. Larry, but, but they, but they real- highlight Larry. Yeah, but they were saying that Larry was the real draw. Now, in all honesty, I know that in real life, Larry was a protege of Bruno. Yes. But this is the probably the last epic thing Bruno did. Yeah. And it could have been anyone. No, it definitely could have been It anyone. was Bruno. It could have been that, Bob Backlund if right. they wanted to turn him ill. It was Bruno that drew that crowd. It was right. not Larry. It, Larry was in the feud, but it wasn't because he was good. Yeah, it was kind of the last hurrah for Bruno. Correct. Yeah. So, But they're making it like it was all Zabisco, but I'm pretty sure it was Bruno in his yard yeah. that had something to do with that. Anyway, the thing with Larry Zabisco that pisses me off. More than that. This is literally that one angle. Yeah. That one thing. Fucking angle from 1980. 80. 80. 10 years prior to this. Yeah. Is literally the only important thing that he ever fucking did. Yes, it's true. It really is. Yeah. He was mediocre at best. No, he was nowhere close to any of the stars of the 80s. He was not the best talker. No. He could talk, but he he wasn't the best. He was always just somewhere in the middle. He was a mid-carder. He was the Jeff Jarrett of the 80s. That's a good one. He that's exactly what he is. He's the Jeff Jarrett of the 1980s. He got by on nepotism. Yes. He got by on one good angle. Yeah. That's all he had. He got good got by on friendship with Bruno San Martino. Exactly. That's all the dude had. He wasn't the worst thing ever. I mean, he's a he's like a greasy palms guy, right? He, he's yes. friends with people and he and he that's used that to get to the top. He was a shitty announcer. Yeah. He said New World Odor a million times. Mm-hmm. New World Odor. New World Odor. New World Odor. New World Odor. He was awful. So fuck well, that. Brad Rangins is a piece of crap, too. <laughs> he looks like he belongs in the sitcom Wings. <laughs> like, he looks like just, like, the fix-it guy, like, in a sitcom. Like, the not he doesn't look like the Murphy Brown guy, but he could have been the Murphy Brown guy fixing her apartment <laughs> for, like, the entire show. You really don't like him, do you? No, he looks like shit. <laughs> he doesn't look like a wrestler. Not by 90, he yeah. doesn't. In in 82, he was okay. Yeah, but not here. No, he it's misses no wonder boat here. nobody picked him up. No, I, don't I know. Really, he wasn't in WWF or uh, WCW or anything, right? I think he was a WWF jobber. 
in the oh, in the wow. early nineties. Okay. Jobber. He looks like jobber. Jim Bronzel when he was a jobber. Correct. But exactly. he's in the main event. Yeah, <laughs> against the world champion. Well, that's Larry's. <laughs> I mean, that's not saying much. The champion of Bruno's yard. Yeah. The announcers talk about kicking out of a pin in bed at your hotel or something. No, he's saying that Larry is like his instincts are so good that like if he was sleeping and you decided to like drape your hand over him or try to pin him while he was sleeping is that he would kick out. It's really stupid. Yep. Now, to be fair, this match isn't bad it's just really yeah it's really it's, it's entirely too it's like 20 minutes like literally yeah. it's like i remember it's in, there's 19 minutes left in the show when this match starts yeah. and it goes to the end yeah so it's not bad i'm not gonna lie it's not no. bad it's just really long anyway we get a savat kick by the master of the martial arts according to lee marshall Larry yeah, they, Z. he actually says that that was like he's a master of the martial arts and they you know, because he had the karate gi and the yeah. nunchucks and all that. Anyway, so Brad gets a side suplex and the announcers sell it like it was the best thing ever. Well, because something happened other than a chin lock. So. <laughs> now, honestly, I said we would get back to Lee Marshall. Yeah. He's really not that bad. Reagan's a little bit of trouble. Whoa! Yeah, you know, I have a problem with the fact after hearing this, like, yeah. I knew he was pretty decent, but I have a problem with the fact that, like, he was basically, like, the nitro party guy. Yeah. And, like, all the nonsense or the, you talk about the hotline or whatever. Like, make that's, fun of Bobby. Make fun of Bobby. Make a weasel pun. Like, that's the best they could do with him. And that's so WCW, too, by the way. I know, but... Like, to, he should have been doing Saturday night to like, be when nitro was a thing. To be fair, though, Quinn, you are talking about a commentary roster that's stocked with Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, Bobby the Brain, and Bobby. The, that's about it, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They could have had they could have had Lee over here, Tony. He could have managed the Saturday Night and him and Dusty or something. That would have been fine. True. Yeah, like yeah. I know Lee Marshall has gotten a lot of flack as an announcer. What? In, he has. Yes. That's in bullshit. all honesty, he's really not that. No, bad. he's more than good. And good I'd enough say for like for for any wrestling program and i'd say a worthy successor to rod trongard yeah who was very good yeah right i mean you yeah. and i both agree rod trongard okay. yeah. was pretty good no, he 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 stays on point he shows the product he knows you know, the moves he knows the moves it's not like he doesn't know what he's talking about he's much better than bischoff was yeah. when he started he's i think he's an underrated announcer i do too he's really not that bad here he's yeah. not bombastic yeah he's he's down to earth yeah realistic he's only bombastic when it matters like right. when it's like oh what a move or something yeah so it's when he should be bombastic and then he but this is weird because he goes into this weird tangent where he says if you appreciate wrestling you'd rather have larry and brad wrestling <laughs> than people who take steroids <laughs> paint their faces and talk like geeks what is he scott keith he's probably <laughs> some geek yeah he's probably talking about the warrior and or sting he's probably getting both in one yeah, shot i mean this seemed like honestly this is like you know when um shivani had to say the put the butt in the seats because yep. bischoff said that sounded something like Vern told him yep. like make sure you take a jab at uh wwf and wcw and if you notice historically it's always the company that's losing that takes the jabs at the competition. Right. WWF did it. Well, WWE with, was on top when they did it. Well, listen, WWF did it when they did the billionaire Ted shit. Yeah, they were behind. You're right. Yeah. WCW did it when Raw was kicking their ass and Tony well, just Shivani's, starting to kick their ass. But they ass. had been yeah. kicking their ass for about six, seven, eight months. So they yeah. were desperate. So they were taking shots at them. Yeah. It's never. TNA did it to this day. They still do it. Again, and Vince doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, they they don't even exist to him. I know, yeah. He doesn't care at all. Yeah. So whatever. Who cares? Yeah. 
rightfully so. Anyway, we do know this, Quinn. Yeah. Larry did not take steroids no, because Bruno. Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. You can't be in good condition to take yeah. that steroids. That's why he like stopped talking to his son. Yeah, like, I know. seriously. Yeah. David. Yeah. I, I don't ride with the cocaine people, yeah. Vince. Yeah. I have Chief J. Strongbow. <laughs> yep. He talks about that also in that video we did. Yeah, exactly. check that out yeah. on YouTube, folks. Very exciting chin lock here by Larry, and then, of course, the abdominal stretch of death. <laughs> no, really. The announcers sell it like Brad's going to give up. Right. But then he reverses it. Mm. And then Lee Marshall, I'll give him all the credit in the world. Yeah. He sells the reversal of the abdominal stretch like it's the best thing ever. Yeah, he really, he does a good job, actually. Like, he makes yeah. these guys look like they matter. And Wiggins is showing it to you. He's going to get out of this. Oh, my Lord. He absolutely reversed it. Like, they're wrestling. They're yeah, this fighting. Is, this is what it's all about kind and of thing. What do we always say about a good announcer, Quinn? They should make you feel like this matters. Yeah, if, you know, if something's really not that good they should elevate it to be like the best wrestling in the world yep and Gorilla monsoon did that he did yeah. and so did jim ross yeah so again this isn't bad per se but it's a lot of rest holds yeah it's just a i don't know you ten years, good, i said yeah. 10 years before this before people flipping and yeah. like no they'd flip, be flipping their shit no they'd be flipping their shit but it's before people would be jumping yeah, off top ropes and true. things are quick and stuff like that that's, right. that's what i meant it's like the pace was different already by 90 mm-hmm. you know by 90 yeah yeah so, like, 10 years before this, this would have been fine, but, yeah. like, we are in Vernland or Larryland, <laughs> exactly. as, as he likes to say. Larryland. Brad with a very nice gut wrench for an extremely close two count. Brad misses a charge in the corner, and then Larry uses his feet on the ropes for the pin. Yeah. Decent match all in Not all. Not bad. Not bad. I, Larry should just never have been a top guy. No, like I he agree. really he's he doesn't it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't work. He doesn't look threatening. Nope. He doesn't seem like the best wrestler. He nope. just seems like a guy that can hold on to a belt. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett. Pretty much exactly. Jeff Jarrett. So the announcers, this was funny, Quinn, you remember yeah. this. They don't even notice, even though Quinn and I did. Yeah that Larry's feet were on the ropes until the replay, and then they're all upset about it. Well, I actually like that, though, because it it sells Lee Marshall's... It's In kayfabe, it's saying that, wow, that was so fast that the announcers couldn't even catch it. And to be fair, in the replay, he got it on the two count. He put his ropes... Yeah, it wasn't from the beginning of the count. Good point. Overall, though, good match. Not bad. Decent. Yeah. Pretty good. Just not main event. No, quality. not main event quality. So we go to our final little part of the show here. Yeah, it's Bischoff with Brad Reingans, who somehow also sounds like Brian Pillman, the, probably the least of the Pollocks, but a little, a little Pillman. Oh, definitely, definitely. Nothing settled now. Nothing settled yet, Zabisco. He says Larry Land doesn't exist. Well, thankfully, that's true now <laughs> because I don't ever want to be back in Larry Land. I think Larry Land is actually Bruno's yard. Nope, I, knew, I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> and then to close it out, back to the studio with Bischoff, who said this match was a treat. Yeah, so are Funyuns. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't mean it's good for you. Next week, Quinn, the Destruction Crew. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Flapjack. Flapjack Norton. That's the one I'm excited about, Flapjack. Fade to black. Overall, Quinn, I want to compare this to the other big two of the three. Yeah. We did NWA Power Hour, and I, I'd i like to say <laughs> it wasn't really much worse than that NWA Power Hour we did. It wasn't, and it was, because NWA Power Hour is kind of similar. However, the roster on that was enormous. Yeah. There was a lot of stars. Flair. Were, yeah. Sting. Sid. Luger. Yeah, Sid. Yeah, there was, a, there was a lot of guys on there. Iron Anderson. Like on this, it was like 
weird tag teams yeah. that we never heard of. You're and, right. Like, all these, you know, Brad Ryan's. Again. Yeah. Really with him? You know, Enough Larry, of this guy. Listen, Larry Zabisco is a headliner. That was the saddest part yeah. of the whole thing. Also, the team challenge series. Why was one team Baron Von Roschka's team? That dude was like 104. Yeah, he in was. the 70s. <laughs> yeah, he was way past his prime. I mean, it is a team, so maybe they just figured he could kind of lurk in the background. Right. They did apparently have Sergeant Slaughter lurking around too, so yeah. that's not n- nothing. But you know where he lurked about two months later <laughs> over the WWF, yes. and he became a Saudi sympathizer. Yeah, yeah a Saudi Iraqi sympathizer. Correct. That's what I meant. Overall, with though, with this AWA show, I will say this much better much better produced and much better put together and paced than the 82 thing we watched now i want to say that i have a feeling that that was espn invoking Maybe. a bit of rules there was Maybe. it seemed a, a bit of standardization you know eric bischoff had an espn mic true yeah he did he there, did so there there was and the lighting probably had to be just some spec I'm not going to disagree with yeah. that. You might be right about that. But overall, a pretty well-produced show and not a bad watch. No, not too bad. Just, you know, I probably wouldn't care to watch anything after this. No, me neither. Maybe find stuff from the mid-80s when it was hot. Yeah, the best part they I had. would like, honestly, I would like to find something from the period of time when they were like at their hottest like with hogan and stuff is that about 82 83 we, we, we've now watched before and we've watched after but we haven't really watched 84 right or is it 83 and 84 supposed to be the big years for yeah. them 83 84 yeah. yeah before vince takes everyone <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah so overall really wasn't bad surprisingly enjoyable yeah especially my favorite part for the record was uh john nord's promo yes that was the Excellent. best part. The Berserkers promo. And that's the kind of shit that you needed on these one-hour shows back then. Is fun just stuff. Some fun stuff, which they did not have in the 80s yeah. that we saw anyway. Not in this company. Folks, I want to remind you, please send us your suggestions for anything you would like us to talk about. And remember that in just two weeks, we'll be kicking off season five. Next week is our finale. Yes. So stay tuned for that. We know what we're talking about. Yes, we do. <laughs> we already know, and you're going to love it, I guarantee you. So in the meantime, reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. Of course, go to our website, OVPPodcast.com. Go to the Facebook group and leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear from you. So subscribe, check us out, keep telling us stuff, keep talking to us. We want to hear from you, and we promise we'll do our very best to get to the requests. Yes, we will. We really will. Until that time, folks, have a great rest of your day. Have a great rest of your week, and stay tuned for the Season 4 finale next week. See ya. See ya. You know, um, Bruno kind of said it in a nice way about how I drove the man crazy. Bruno Sammartino, the heavyweight champion of the world. And there was Bruno's address on this piece of paper. I went out of the way a block and drove down this side street that went right along Bruno's backyard. But you couldn't see into his backyard. There was this gigantic row of hedges. Through the hedges, for a second, I saw Bruno standing out by his pool in his tights, getting a suntan. 
Bruno looked over at me. I don't know how the hell he kept a straight face. Bruno started me out. I walked into this man's backyard through these hedges. Man. Bruno gracious enough to get in the ring with me. You know, that day in his yard when I... After spending an afternoon with Bruno the first day in his backyard... New World Order!